The Overview is a production of Chaman V TV. Find out more about the show at chamanv.tv. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 62 of The Overview. I'm Chan Man V, and I'm joined by a trio to my left and an invisible person down to my bottom. We've got an interesting mix here. But uh, I want to welcome Gil Frost, Hex, and ZP to the show. What's up, guys? They're all in Denver right now. We're all in Denver. We are in Casa de Gilfrost right now, and uh, <laughs> yes. just happy to make some time to get on here, where we have somehow replicated the same seating arrangement as we have in uh, Contenders <laughs> yeah. and Carpenter. It was absolutely intentional. Yes. 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 We actually put a pretty good intense. amount of work yeah. into that. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. It took a lot of setup and organization. <laughs> time to organize all that. Gil, me on the left is obviously appropriate. Um, yeah, I felt really weird. I was on the other side. <laughs> Uh, you can't really mess with primal forces of the universe. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Ben was, you know, I was expecting Ben to be here, but unfortunately he's in sunny Hawaii enjoying a vacation. <laughs> so, um, you know. Oh, how terrible. For I know. How terrible, yeah. right? Uh, so he wasn't able to make it today. Well, he'll be back uh, next week. But we've got a lot to talk about today. And these guys obviously hosting casting uh, contenders be a big part of the show. But also, we've got TakeOver 2, as well as PTR patch with some balance changes, as well as a new map. Really hyped about that. And then, of course, a bit of news involving some players' teams. All that good stuff that like we always do. And then Q&A at the end, of course. If you guys have any questions, we didn't have any emails this week. So if you want to email your questions, you can to overview at chamanv.tv. Or just hang around Twitch chat. We'll take some questions, like always, from Twitch chat. Uh, all right, well, why don't we start off with PTR patch, and then we'll jump into contenders. <laughs> we'll figure we'd get uh, – talk about the game, you know, the actual game itself. And uh, PTR, I think the day after the show, or maybe even the night <laughs> after the show, they announced uh, some changes and some pretty big changes to three of the characters. And let me bring that up real quick. Uh, in particular, uh, McCree, Reaper, and Roadhog. So uh, why don't we talk about the McCree one first? And there's a change to Deadeye. So targets now begin locking after 0.2 seconds instead of 0.8. And then damage accumulated over uh, the first one second increased from 20 to 80. And then we damage per second. Right. Yeah. We should just go right to the McCree main. Exactly. Well, okay, so McCree right now, this is clearly a change in the right direction. It's not getting nerfed at all in exchange for this. It's actually just a gift. It's going, hey, McCree. We noticed that when you activate your ultimate, you're more likely to lose a team fight than you are the win. Let's change that a little bit. And, I mean, we'll see how it pans out. It could be a very, very big change then because now you're going to have the freedom from McCree to not only be sneakier and get more rewarded for your dead eyes, but I'm also curious about synergy with things like Nano Boost, where Nano Deadeye has been a thing. Mm -hmm. And now that you're combining it potentially with a much faster Deadeye, I think the odds that McCree is able to pop a Deadeye in the right situation and get at least one kill is going to be really good. And just one pickoff can be enough, but if you end up getting two, three, four, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. the higher end will be a little bit rare in comp, but if it stands as it is, and I haven't got a chance to play in a PTR, I think, mm -hmm. if nothing else, it's a good change. 
I think that Blizzard is finally understanding that ultimates are mostly for one and two kills and not five kills or six <laughs> kills like they, they like yeah. they used to be. Like you, if you look at Barrage nowadays, Barrage is like a one or two kill kind of thing, and they're bringing Deadeye to that aspect as well. So these kills and competitive play are not going to be in the top of the uh, Reddit. Like they're not going to be top the the Overwatch subreddit because they don't get six kills, but I th I think it's a smart play. I think it's really well done what they're doing with McCree, and actually I think Reaper needs to be in a better place. I think Reaper is a a, a good change that they're making too. That you don't have to rely on picking up yeah. orbs. It's it's a smart change. Yeah. I'm really excited to see this. Hopefully, unlock some of those really good McCree players. Mm -hmm. You know, Immortals uh, definitely a team that comes to mind when that is, and you know, because Moist is rooting for. for Grim reality. Come on, let's do it. I know everybody I mean, wanted to. Pick I know it's there McCree, somewhere. Right? Where's Valentaja? Where is Valentaja? Okay, My main hope here, in the end, is that with McCree getting changed and buffed a bit, is that I hope that we get somewhat more parity between McCree and Soldier because what has historically happened in Overwatch over time is that when one of the two gets changed, you might have maybe a week or two yeah. where teams are deciding: do we still want to run McCree or still want to run Soldier? And then eventually, you have a situation where one of them ends up being run like 95% of the time compared to the other. And it's been McCree in the backseat in recent times, even though we have seen players come out and have very good McCree showings. I mean, you take a look at players like Taibu, they're still like, actually, I still like running McCree. So for players like him, it's a straight buff. I will be curious to see how the soldier-McCree ratio is, because you got to think that given the overlap in the rules to some extent, that the design dream and extent would have them be used evenly for different situations rather than sort of what's been yeah. in recent times where people lean on soldier more so than the That's other. the dream, at least, is to have certain situations where some characters will be good, you know, especially overlapping DPS characters. Yeah, with McCree, I mean, the only time we've seen it is, you know, maybe when pharmacies going crazy or they're just so frustrated with tracers just like screw it man we got to get our mccree in there and, and slow things down but um overall I, I think we might even see some plays where we're you know we're just using we'll see a quick dead eye and then like uh, i was telling i was talking to hex about it's going to be a quick reload too right a lot of people use that trick just to get a reload to get one kill and we might see that a little bit more too I, I think it'd be great for for against the pharmacy combo too because mm -hmm. i think you yeah. can you can pop tactical visor whenever you see a pharmacy but you, if the the, the time is lower on Deadeye. You can pop that to deal with a combo as well. Yeah, because yeah, right now you can't you can't even pop Deadeye really to deal with a uh, no you mercy yeah. because and I mean unless they're really out of position because normally you know in the pros playing far mercy are going to be they're going to be not too far away from cover hopefully you just eat a damage or there's a rocket right yeah. to your face or, yeah it's difficult to stay alive long enough as a McCree with Deadeye to actually get things done because we're yeah. not back in early beta where people are just like, wait, I don't even know the maps. I don't even have no idea where McCree is. I barely even know what he looks like. And then you go to Reddit with six kills. No, yeah. but people have yeah. definitely adapted. It All right. Let's talk about Reaper. You, you mentioned Reaper a little bit here. Uh, the, see, the reaping passive. So rem they're removing health orbs, but now you are gaining 20% of all damage <laughs> done to heroes as health. So a uh, very different way of healing up his Reaper. And this one's definitely more in, I would say, more, more real-time versus after battles. You know, you have to win battles to actually heal up. So um, how is this going to affect one-on-one -on -one engagements between a lot of the, the characters, Hex? 
I, I'm not certain it's going to affect one-on-one engagement. I think you'll see a lot of him more on the assault maps, which we we saw a little inkling of uh, Liquid ran him and other teams, even Rise Nation ran him uh, towards the end. Close quarters, right? You're going to be alive. You're going to do all this damage right up in the close of face of people. I also think that now with, with that change, you might see him on more control maps as well, that you can do it on like a Koi Pond, you can do Li Zhang. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think it's a great change, and he needs to be brought back in the meta because when people run four tanks, there's really no answer to it. Reaper has to be an important part of this game. Well, you hit on the key word there. The key word is tank, because if you take a look at the mechanics of this, is that it's a 20% life leech, effectively, which means that if you can get in on a tank, what would happen a lot previously is that the Reaper would just sort of get bopped by focus fire and like, okay, you might do some damage to the tank, but you're immediately going to fall down. Mm-hmm. In an actual fight where you're laying in the amount of damage that a Reaper is, that 20% is actually very significant in keeping him up. So I think we could see such scenarios where the Reaper just lives for absurd amounts of times against teams that are a little bit tank heavy. I think we'll see, have to see how it pans out, but it could very much act as a big sort of uh, disincentive the teams run even three tank, but we'll have to see. Yeah, and I was going to say, a, a lot of teams right now are, are still clinging to that three tank, and there's plenty of teams that can play anything between three, four DPS and three tank, but there are a few teams that really seem to rely on that, and I'm mm-hmm. curious to see if this is going to punish those teams even more, um, really force them to um, pick pick up you know some new strategies and potentially even look at their rosters, because, yeah. yeah. He might end up being like the third DPS because teams will run still a tracer as you always should. So still run a tracer and a Genji, but then you just throw that that Reaper in as well instead of a Roadhog. Reaper's going to replace <laughs> Roadhog, ironically enough. So here's a question. Oh, Is Reaper essentially invincible outside of stuns when he's doing his ultimate now? I haven't seen the. I haven't seen it. I mean, he's going to be healing, right? Reason. Like every bit of every bit of damage he does, he's going to be instantly healing. So I'm wondering how killable he is now when he does his uh, his bloom. You still flashbang and hook him. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, of course, the ultimate of course are still the same yeah. problems with the ultimate. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And I mean, you think back to even in the Beyblade meta ages ago. Uh, God bless E League way back when. But um, <laughs> there, you still teams dealt with a spinning super fast top Reaper that did incredible amounts <laughs> of damage kill anything and was basically. Basically unkillable because of nano boost. So <laughs> yeah. if, if teams can deal with it somewhat, then I think they'll deal with the tamer life leeching version. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't see. yeah I don't think the ultimate really has changed much because when you were ultimating as a Reaper anyway, you were rolling over those soul uh, orbs anyway. You were already getting healing. So I don't think that changes too much. All right. Uh, okay, let's talk about Roadhog. So I think this is... Um, pretty significant change to him this is more of balancing roadhog more so than just making him better or not and with roadhog the hitbox is reduced by 20 because his head is enormous right now so <laughs> that's a good change there and then scrap gun bullet damage decreased by 33 percent but the fire rates increased by 30 percent and then the clip size thank god is increased from four to five which uh, you know it's always been a stickler for me trying to keep track of when to reload with him what do you guys think about that uh zp well, Roadhog has already been getting played a bit less in recent times. Still, some teams still very much run him, but he's been a bit on the downturn, and this certainly, I feel, hurts. Now, we were actually in a conversation <laughs> about it earlier. We we all have different pins where it hurts, but I guess born out of conversations, I think it probably hurts the solo Roadhogs the most. Like, if you are pulling a Harbaugh, if you're pulling an Evermore, you're just like, I'm actually going to be a mile behind them and go for solo kills. Right. That's going to be a lot more difficult. Your team has to be 
finishing your hooks now. It's not just like the the solo shots that you're you're getting the entry kill. You need to have the team around. Actually, I think it helps McCree a lot. You can get that hook and <laughs> headshot like right away. So yeah, I, I think it's it's good overall that the team has to play around your hooks rather than you just being able to solo queue and pulling those pulling those hard blues. It's like nine months too late for Cloud Nine in that match. <laughs> oh, basically, solo won the game. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually really excited about that fifth round you know that get a little bit more scrap in the battlefield because mm -hmm. it, it they're already like giving him benefits for staying with his team and just like you know fighting against the other team with your team or shield breaking and, yeah the shield breaking so yeah. now he's going to be even more of a shield breaking monster um which also could i mean we'll see how that interacts with mccree's and soldiers i mean, yeah i, I would say the biggest thing of note here is that comp play uh, we'll see what the effects are but certainly a big nerf to roadhog in a lot of forms of just uh, solo queue competitive play, right? Where, what do you see when people queue up in the comp? That you don't have a lot of people that are necessarily working together super well, and you do have a lot of Roadhogs that are able to get a lot done while not working with their team. The changes certainly hurt those Roadhogs the most, and you see them the most when you just decide, hey, I want to play some more watch, I'm going to go into a game. Well, if you're a Roadhog here in that sense, you probably will have a rougher time post-patch. Right. All right. Well, another thing that was added to PTR is the new map, which is uh, pretty hype for a lot of people, given that we've been waiting for a new map here. So let me uh, let me show this video that we have. Uh, I know you guys didn't get a chance to play it. I, I definitely got a chance to play um, about five games or so. Uh, but man, the map is beautiful. I mean, you guys can probably get a sense of it even just from the, the video or whatnot. But it's my favorite aesthetically. It's not surprising. Uh, yeah. All the maps in Overwatch are beautiful. People do not love the yeah. aesthetics of Overwatch. No, no, but Just I'm saying like this one, you're right. Wrong. <laughs> you're right, but compare those to this one. This one's one of my favorite. There's all these hydroponic, you know, lab. Oh, there's like a hydroponic lab and they have all the this greenery and stuff in it. It looks so cool. And um, it's an assault map for those of you that haven't gotten a chance to play it too. So um, we've always, so I kind of want to get your opinion on that. Like having Blizzard make another assault map what are your thoughts on that, just given that it's always been highly criticized, just that format? Well, uh, as, far as, that, as far as that goes, I mean, Assault is a key mode that is being prioritized in tournaments. We are going to be playing Assault maps seemingly for quite a long time to come, so getting more variety in Assault maps is good. As far as that goes, I mean, I realize that there's cynicism from some of the community in regards to the reception of Assault maps, mm -hmm. but fact is... Assault maps feature prominently in every Overwatch tournament, so having more variety there so the viewers get to see different looks, different strategies, etc. This map being added is a good thing. Blizzard has clearly heard people about their criticisms of assault maps. If you, even if you look back at Anubis, Anubis used to be different, yeah. then they opened up left side because they understood. Left side, you say? Left guy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they understood that there were issues with it. So I think it, as a mode, as a game type, it is still viable, and they're trying for it, but they, they obviously have ears on it. They're obviously listening. Well, and the answer for a lot of problems like that, you know, the community and a lot of people will immediately just say, no, no more, no more assaults, or this is bad in general rather than how can we make it better you know and i think at the very least maybe this is a good opportunity where they, they can tinker around with it a little bit um because i from what i've seen from the map it's definitely laid out differently mm -hmm, it uh, and it's got a lot of interesting new features from a strategic standpoint and that might even enable them to make better maps in the future for assault and maybe even tinker around with the old ones um with what they learn what we learn 
from um, Lunar Colony. So yeah, it's definitely uh, a bit different than than some of the others. I mean, the the points or the you know the control points or whatever are are um, very wide open and different levels too. Uh, but we'll obviously talk about it a little bit more once everybody gets to play it. I was not a control man, my point teammates were assault. Uh, sorry, sorry, not control, but the, yeah, the, the objective. Assault. Sorry, the objective <laughs> points. I, yeah, I just it was calling it the wrong thing. But um, I, my teammates must have hated me the first time I I played it because I was just like roaming and like completely lost, <laughs> like in in different areas of the map while the you know the objective point was like way on the other side. But um, it's a, it's going to be a lot of fun seeing how people adapt to it. Um, but yeah, the, the other thing that they added was the anti-gravity, uh, effect that you can add to any map. And if you go on, hop on a PTR right now, there is an anti-gravity mode or like this preset game. And I was assuming that I would jump into Lunar Colony, but then all of a sudden they put me in Eichenwald and we had everybody just floating in the air, throwing, you know, junk rats, throwing their, their grenades everywhere. And it was, it was pretty interesting even trying to figure out what the, what character you could abuse it the most. Well, I don't know if you've been, but there is no gravity in Germany. Frankfurt is just <laughs> really, <laughs> really. the entirety of it. Yeah, just like just that's show. why they have the best raves. <laughs> that's, right. that's why Berlin is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, anyways, everybody that uh, is very curious about it, go check it out. You can go download the uh, PTR right now, and um, wouldn't be surprised if all this stuff gets pushed out next week. <laughs> or did they have they given a date out date for it? I don't think they have, right? Not it's that, usually like two weeks. Have, it's, it's generally Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, generally about two weeks. So uh, we'll see when that gets uh, released. <laughs> But okay, uh, let's talk about the events. So obviously the big one in which all three of these guys are, are um, you know, working right now is Overwatch Contenders. And the NA qualifiers happened this past week, week, weekend. Uh, lots of stuff going on there. Lots of teams. I mean, it was crazy how many teams ended up participating in it. Uh, but want to get your overall opinions just, I, I guess, you know, just uh, given that it's finished and overall like how it went for you guys. Uh, Gil, I'll start with you. Oh boy, put me on the spot. Well, yeah. honestly, so so for those of you that might not know, I am not just hosting um, the event. I'm heavily involved with the production. So like mm -hmm. the weeks yep. and months leading up to it, really the month leading up to it. So we had a very short time frame. Uh, I was really focused on the planning for it. So I'm just glad that it went off without very many hitches or almost any mm -hmm. hitches. And uh, because, you know, when you have four 400 teams a day, that, that can crazy. be very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And um, bringing on new casting tag. Glad you guys were here. Thank you so much. But I mean, the, the new talent was amazing. And Monty and Doa, of course, mm -hmm. they've, you know, done it before. As it first out. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and um, I mean, the teams were happy. We did a lot of new stuff with the uh, spectator mode. Oh, which yeah. We still have mm -hmm. to fine tune that a lot. You know, with yeah. ZP, and we, we've all talked about this quite a bit. Like, how are we going to continue to evolve that? But I'm really happy with it. No, there were some good things in terms of the spectator that I, I really uh, appreciate and noticed instantly. Like the preview, like you had the P, you know the PIP, but it was basically a preview for where you're going to show full, you know, full screen and a lot of panning type of angles and things like that. How many observers do you guys have? Two. Two, okay. Yeah, we have two That's observers. Cool. Um, we're, we're in a very tight space, mm -hmm. and so we uh, literally can't fit more observers in the space. Uh, <laughs> but in the future, I, I mean, this has actually even just been a good example of what we could do with, as I mean, uh, X number of observers. Full uh, out control room, yeah. Exactly. To be able to do what we did this time with just one free cam and one person focusing on first-person views, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the sky's the limit. We had, we had a post production meeting the other night where everyone's talking about like everyone's doing a great job, and I'm sitting there thinking. I have the easiest job in the room right now. Everyone else is doing the actual work and I'm just talking about this 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 fur mercy combo maybe hitting a rocket. Like it was it was amazing. Uh, the streets have been great. I, I think it's phenomenal. It's like four hundred teams. Four hundred teams and like one team had a complaint. Like that's amazing to do. Yep. As someone who's run an admin before <laughs> It is impossible to do. Teams are hard to wrangle, so it's it's been wonderful. The admins were miracle workers, and I just want to give a special shout out to them. I mean, there's a lot that went on production-wise, but whenever you're dealing with a wide-open tournament, I mean, you think about the level of things that you have to deal with. You have to deal with everything from maybe a few teams are being really bad-mannered. Maybe a few teams have never done a competitive tournament before, and mm-hmm. because of that, they're just not able to get in the lobby easily, et cetera, and you have to be understanding and help them out. And so you're dealing with a whole slew of different things uh, in terms of accommodating. So the part where we were able to get just through that smoothly was everyone was very relieved, but it's also a testament to the work of the people involved there. So uh, it was good. Yeah, I, I mean, the results were also, um, I thought, pretty interesting, about as good oh, yeah. as they could have been there. Because <laughs> when, when you have that many teams coming in and – you know, that's a big bracket. It was randomized bracket as well. Like the question is, are teams going to get knocked out that really should be there? And are mm-hmm. teams going to get in that really shouldn't be getting in? And I think by and large, we have a few surprises, a few yeah, teams take, that we didn't ask. take a look at the results here. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone expected FaZe to be number one. Yeah. No, I, was... I, I, don't, I don't think that happened. Like also uh, FNR, uh, NRG, oh, yeah. The tongue twister of the week. FNRGFE. 2017 just loves, it's a new trend. Words that aren't words. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> FNRGFB. Well, so we communicate did, nowadays. Did you guys talk to them? Is this supposed to mean something? Is yeah, it just... it's phonetic. Yeah, NRG. Yeah. Oh. Force. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Force oh, Esports. Exactly. It's, it's all oh, of that. It's, it's, it. That's the only way I can remember it, actually. Oh, I just remember wow. the NRG in the middle. And then <laughs> well, okay, so the problem is, okay, for the casting <laughs> okay. the reason why we all said the entire thing repeatedly is... Here's the problem. Normally, when you have a really oh, long team man. name, you would abbreviate it. But the abbreviation for FNRGFE was FNRG. <laughs> that's, just, that's not great for a broadcast. You really do have to say the last, like, FE. So you're kosher and saying the full team name, but not just going. But someone just tunes around and is like, why are they saying FNRG repeatedly? This doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, that, that, that was an interesting thing to work around. Well, that roster is just, like, so full of, like, old FPS veterans, too, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, as old people as we are, it's kind of comforting to see them as, like, oh, well, you, you actually can still play when you're 30-something. So uh, the FNRG was amazing. I really did not expect FaZe to get that. Oh, only anybody did. Like, and they have yeah. talent, but yeah. they just came together, the, the, the new roster. So yeah. for me, it's FaZe basically did the equivalent of going to Vegas and just rolling perfectly. Like they they rolled about yeah, as best they could here because we, we've seen so many times that teams will go and rebuild half their team and have it just blow up in their face tremendously. So of course, for those who don't know, FaZe literally replaced half of their roster and they brought in Spree, Louie, and Joe Meister. So in Spree, you're bringing on arguably one of the very strongest parts of LG Loyal. I'd say it was between him and Heat and for sort of the workhorses of mm-hmm. that team. You're bringing in Joe Meister, who had incredible moments as a Lucio back in the Carbon series and just one of the veteran Lucios in the game who brings a very good head on his shoulders. And then, of course, you're bringing Louie, who is sort of a wild card, but, I mean, you look at his recent resume. True, he wasn't giving effective results for Envy, in Korea, but on the same note, it's still a 
person that people think is untapped out there, and he did play very well for FaZe. So the fact that they were able to replace three people with three people that have potential or, you know, just who knows how they'd work together and then have it work as well as it did. I mean, kudos to face. You know, what's funny to me though, is uh, you and I had talked this morning and we talked to Monty about this as well, is that if you can get a team with a good support and a good tank, yeah. you're set. And that phase team has the old, oh, no guys on it. It's raucous in fact and yeah. fiction. So yeah. if you, if you have those guys, everyone else can come in and do whatever their job is. DPS is like somewhat replaceable well, and, and they've had like amazing support and tanks on that team for a very long time, which is why Face has been as consistent and surprisingly consistent as they have been. I, I have to bring something up with that. Um, speaking of tanks and supports, Immortals bringing on two new players. Right. Yep. Yep. They brought on a support and a tank, mm -hmm. and it turns out they did pretty well this weekend, despite some <laughs> miscommunication and, you know. Uh, yeah. Korean imports are working out well for teams. Yeah. So yeah. Let's just, let's yeah. just put surprise, it in Surprise, surprise. But, <laughs> yeah. but here's the scary thing don't, for Immortals. Don't, don't let Monty watch this. Listen, he just said the truth there. Monty would approve of us saying the truth, which is that the Korean imports work well. And here's the scary thing about Immortals, right, is that Grieve and Fate weren't exactly fresh as daisies as they came back yeah, over. They, they, they literally yeah. they got there for the first day. They literally played after getting off the plane. And, okay, day two, Immortals won day two. They played a lot better. But that's still just like one night of sleep. Not, hardly any time to actually practice with the team. In fact, when we were looking at the camera and just making sure production was okay, <laughs> we saw Immortals screaming with their old roster. So they had zero scrim time <laughs> no, they, with they, these two new people. Their old roster played the first couple of games in the open yeah. uh, part of that. And then literally they like arrived at the place, like got set up, logged into their accounts, and boom, they're playing. Yeah, so as far as that goes for Immortals, I mean, the fact that they did as well as they did with as little time to gel as possible, it scares you to think that what this current roster of six that they have now will be able to do once they, you know, actually get to know each other, tell each other their names, go, hi, how are you, and not just, like, log in to immediately mm -hmm. play Overwatch. Yeah, I mean, the DPS for Immortals, I think, Agility especially, I, I felt like had an a, a outstanding like week. What do you think, Chen, man? Well, his, is Agility really good? <laughs> what's crazy is that people forget, <laughs> though. You know, like, we've always known Agility has been great. Everybody talks about Grimm, obviously. He gets a lot of the love. And everybody just yeah. forgets about Agility over Agility's over time. And then he comes out, like, this week and says, you know, don't forget about me. I mean, I'm, I can be just as dominant. And that's what it's, ended up happening. He took he took all the well, uh, he took all the pressure off of Grimm and... and not to mention, he just made plays. He was just well. Like, in, in fairness, games. I was gonna say, in fairness to recent casting, I think going back even two OMMs, we've put a lot more focus on Agilities over Grim. Like there was a point many months ago that the focus was more on Grim, but mm -hmm. Agilities has just been the consistent workhorse for the team, yeah. and it wasn't like every when we. I remember when we were just talking about prep and like storylines from Mortals coming in before they played a single game. We're just like, so Agilities is the main person to watch here as far as DPS goes. And yes, Grim can back it up, but I mean, Agility has been the story for a very long time now. Mm -hmm. uh, getting back to Phase Clan, I mean, one of the, the great things about Phase Two is like getting a chance to see Shadowburn just, uh, you know, just being freed up to shine, and that was the biggest thing with those additions. You know, Louis definitely held his own, and and um, I don't know if it's just you know the level of competition was different, obviously even here versus Korea, but he just looked like he was you know just a better fit for them altogether. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a chance to see that. I love seeing Shadowburn just get to, you know, like not focused completely by the entire team and, you know, getting a chance to do, do what Shadow does. Uh, um, we need to see more of that. And I think it helps, too. It helps the just Overwatch as an eSport.
Well, and Genji was a big part of this weekend in of general. Course. Almost yeah. every game, if Agility somebody was making yeah. hero plays, mm-hmm. um, even um, what, uh, boy, see, I, I need to look at all the rosters. Jaru? But uh, Jaru, yeah, I was like Faru. Oh, Jaru, yeah. <laughs> Jaru, yes, there you go. Um, I mean, he was even uh, standing out on. And so that's I, my question is with Shadowburn, is is if Genji keeps being as prominent as he is, you know, I think that's going to help them. But what what once again, what is he going to do off of that Genji? And how our team's going to adjust to that? Because he he has started to show other other heroes, but I mean, we need to see something more than just Genji out of him. His tracing's yeah. middling. I think he can play a Pharah, but that that team doesn't run a Pharah yeah. very often. I, he, Shadowburn is a, is an old Team Fortress soldier, so he, he can yeah. run a Pharah. He can do it well enough, but his Genji is that. We just don't. We don't want to see him play anything. But, I but just want to Overwatch right now rewards one tricking. It yeah. very heavily rewards one tricking, and uh, at one hand, I think that sort of it's interesting, right? Because on one hand, you can look at it and go, "Well, versatility is a good thing," but on the same note, versatility—if you're playing a whole bunch of heroes at an eight, and you have someone else on the other team that's playing a very meta-relevant hero at a ten—usually, in recent times, we've seen that the people that can play those heroes at a ten level are crushing teams that would go, "Oh, they're so great, they're so versatile." Well, if you're going, say, again soon and his Tracer is destroying your Tracer, it's hard to feel great that maybe your Tracer can play a few other heroes better than soon. So, so my question yeah. to that then would be, why were we so surprised that FaZe was going to be in first? Well, because we had no data on their no data on their swap, and FaZe played terribly with their old rosters. Yeah, we, so. we actually talked about this, you know, the the pickup last week, but we'd never seen them play. So this is the first time we've gotten a chance to see it. Um, so in terms of surprise, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Gil, you have another, oh, I was just gonna, and the other players, and that's what we were questioning, because like Shadowburn, even when they were not performing very well, yeah. if they were winning is because he was just going off on Genji, he was like making up for everything else, and now that he's got some more support behind him, um, it really frees him up and the rest of the team. The focus needs to be shifted in Overwatch uh, as far as the Spectre point of view of uh, DPS are sexy, right? Uh, they're beautiful to watch. It's amazing <laughs> yeah. when we watch DPS. But if you can look back like the old Envy, right? You, we talked about the core four for so long. You look like Chips and Cocoa. Like that, it's a support in a tank. Look at the support in the tank and how they can carry the team. And those oh no guys that are on phase, I mean, Rockets for Fact and Fiction are so good and so overlooked. Like that's how mm-hmm. phase got number one they carry that team support well, tanks overlooked are you really <laughs> 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 happens all the time right uh ZP. yeah well just a more testament to that fact is that immortals just by swapping out no me and swapping out athen yeah. and yeah. going to the two yeah. new players in those roles mm-hmm. what did we see from mortals we saw aggression that they have never done before at the very least never been successful at it's it's hard to say maybe they have tried to go as aggressive as they had before with no me and athen it's just they were so bad at aggression that you just sort of go, oh, well, Immortals have just died. So it was with their new additions that they're actually able to make it work. And I remember it was like a Legion Control Center where we're looking at them going, they're just actually not backing up. There is no chill with this Immortals <laughs> team. They are, they are directly in them right now. Yeah. Uh, and let's talk about some of the other teams. Any? What are the big surprises for you guys? Um, I, I think the the roster of uh, F Energy FE really <laughs> surprised me. I, I know those guys; they, they all played. I did not expect them to be where they are. Uh, so I think that they're a dangerous team, right? Because I, I think they just started playing together for like the last week or so. Those are FPS vets. 
Um, I was a little surprised that Liquid played as poorly as they did, but that's just me. Right? That's just okay. Me. They still I mean, eked Liquid, in, though. They still eked yeah, in. Yeah, well, uh, Liquid did the standard Liquid thing of we're not going to play up to our potential, but we're not going to get knocked out. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 just it's Liquid good special enough. for just toying. It's not Liquid toys with your heart. Uh, I would say Toronto Esports yeah, for me yeah. yes. coming out yeah. of basically nowhere. And uh, I mean, Jaro in particular, this is a guy where, never forget here that OW Contenders, yes, we are looking at the teams, but it is a player-focused tournament in a sense where we want to see what players are going to really lead the charge to future events. And I got to say, Jaru absolutely built his resume and then some with his play for Toronto Esports. So that for me was one of the just surprises in a really good way. It was really fun watching him play. Uh, I'd say Selfless too. Selfless uh, performed a little bit worse than I expected. Like I, I think a lot of people expected them to to finish top four, and uh, you know they still end up getting top eight. A lot, but a lot of people did it. expect that. Mm-hmm. Some people, I, I don't know. I guess uh, yeah, they've they've obviously been doing really well lately. Um, I, I I think no one no one expected them to not make it for sure. Yeah, but. yeah. There's an amazing amount of variance in the top end of North American Overwatch. Um, I mean, I use the term I don't love using it, but they're they're emotional teams. If they lose a game, they can lose a set, and they can lose like the next set beyond that. And I don't know selfless. Several of the yikes. All of these teams are are tilty. They're they're tilty teams. The tilty players. Here's the thing about selfless is that I don't think selfless has gotten worse relative than when they were effectively always getting second and say things like the monthly melee. What I do think is that there's two things in Selfless. One is that other teams are catching up. Selfless was ahead of the game in two ways. One is that their mechanical skill and players like Defran for a time were, there was a bigger gap than there probably should have been, A. And then B is that they were really aggressive at a time where teams in Overwatch, particularly in the West, were more passive than they should have been. So Selfless was bringing sort of this brand of Smash Mouth Overwatch and sort of the first on that forefront, and it was surprising people. Well, Mm -hmm. it's not surprising anyone anymore. Everyone knows what Selfless means when you have a team just chilling in your spot. (laughs) These things don't surprise anyone anymore. And Selfless also, it feels like they haven't really evolved from the standpoint of let's just go in and DM people. They are not playing around alt economy anywhere near as well as they should. And their initiations are very oftentimes just... <laughs> yeah, it is kind of. Uh, and their initiations wow. in general just aren't really up to par with what we're seeing from more organized teams that are playing around their tanks. So, yes, DeFran is a great player. Yes, there's a lot of space made for Sinatra, but Selfless at this point needs to take the next step and incorporate some real strategy tactics to their otherwise unbridled aggression. Would you agree that they're predictable at this point? Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that I liken them to LG Evil, the former Hammer Squad, because when they were, when it was four tanks, that was like their their dig. You know, they were doing well because of that. Mm-hmm. And they're an example of a team who, you know, as soon as the meta shifted, as soon as what their one one trick as a team was, uh, kind of got exposed um, and weakened. They had to go. They went through this period, and they're still potentially going through this period where they're trying to adapt. And they've actually done a fairly good job. I mean, they, they got second seed here um, of adjusting, um, and that is the type of mentality that is going to push you into the long term of any esports venture. But especially since Overwatch is now really starting to ramp up with this kind of new era, 
Um, that is going to be the big question coming into this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's talk about some of the teams that didn't get in. So just kind of taking a different approach here. And, um, you know, one of the fan favorites, one of the fan favorites was definitely Kelvin and the Chipmunks, which was Seagull's stream team with Calvin and crew, Ajax, and those all those guys. And, um, you know, there was a lot of viewers, you know, obviously watching those streams and a lot of threads talking about it. I watched it too. It was a lot of fun watching them. Just getting a chance to hear the team comps and things like that. They missed it by one, right? Because they finished number... I think they finished 16th, but since C9 gets in, they got knocked out. A lot so, of people yeah. don't like Cloud9 now. That's right. Yeah. But overall, I mean, what, what do you guys think of their run? I mean, was it, I, I was pretty surprised that they were able to make it as far as they did. I mean, it. I feel like they fell about where you'd expect because oh. I wouldn't expect a team throwing the gear like that to really be able to beat really organized teams that have been on very serious scrim schedules. Mm -hmm. But I also wouldn't expect them to lose to a put-together team of people that we haven't seen before. So, I mean, if you think about where they should stand versus other organized teams, it's about what I sort of expected coming in. They're about the 17th best team in North America. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes, it makes oh, wow. a little bit of sense. Well, I, I, when you say it like that, yeah. I mean, that, that's legitimately yeah. what the number is. I, I think it's good. I, I, I really appreciate that people understand the comms and they, they like watching mm -hmm. that. And I hope that yeah. carries over and that, that the people who their first day on uh, our competitive Overwatch stay on our competitive Overwatch. We, we can grow that. We, we've been looking for the crossover for a while. And I think that was, it was a wonderful thing that Siegel did that now maybe we can have some of that crossover. Yeah, now just, just one thing about their run in general is day one, they actually beat a few teams that we didn't, didn't necessarily expect them to, but day two, on um, the day that they got into that round of eight, um, they I think they had the easiest run of any of the teams that got into the round of eight. Um, nothing against them, but um, obviously once they did start getting up against those more organized teams, I, my, well, my big question is, would they have even wanted to play? You know, like, I thought it was just this cool, like, haha, let's go yeah. stream for a weekend. And well, maybe they would have just then streamed for five weekends, you know, but I don't know. I think if they had gotten in, I think they would have been absolutely down to play it because yeah. what you have there is that it's very difficult to maintain a stream schedule while also maintaining a scrim schedule. So if you can combine the streams there, right. recognizing that you're probably not going to match the results of a team that's in the hyperbolic time chamber and not streaming but could still have a good result. I mean, that's fun. And I think they would have liked to have had that result. And they came really close. If yeah. any, and if any of those players want to like get on a roster, I'm sure they could. There's a lot of talent oh. on that team. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're individual well, talent. Yeah. Most of them have been on rosters. So it's, right, exactly. it's not an yeah. issue of, of whether they're pro player. They've all, they've all been. Tell, are you told me Seagull's been on a roster? <laughs> I mean, everyone, all six of those guys. <laughs> uh, what was cool too, is that in between matches, they were doing analysis, you know, like flame was on there and, and pure was doing some analysis. Yeah. So over, you know, just a different experience it was cool to have like y'all's experience which you know was the the high production and then we have this kind of experience on the side it would have been nice if it was combined in some way so we could have like an aggregate number you know and have it really well, a dent into to the uh, twitch viewer rankings and stuff like that but you know well and an idea i have had mm -hmm. that we probably I mean, it's not nowhere near implementation probably but i i agree with that i mean we've even thought about doing like a two streams mm -hmm. you know like a mainstream that, that's just like that and then maybe invite some more community members, other players to just kind of like more chat about the game as they're, they're watching it um, because it's going to be different levels of analysis and entertainment value. And I, I, that's like a long-term goal for me always because uh, I, I enjoy watching that as much as I like being, you know, on the mm -hmm. desk and, um, I'll obviously a lot of other people like it too. I think that idea is really good. It's just one of those things that will require Overwatch to eventually have this 
you know, I can go watch any you know pro game that's going on right now, kind of like Dota and some of the um, other games. So I think once that's there, then yeah, that kind of stream is is definitely possible. Those are ideas that are are being kicked around by yeah. people who are way more important than <laughs> yeah, what? way higher in the pay, pay, pay grade, right? All right, let's talk about the tournament MVP for this weekend, <laughs> which ended up being uh, TLMO, which, <laughs> which ended up making some huge highlights, and it's obviously going to you know lead to our discussion with NRG. But how about that guy, guys? How about the the two clips with this guy? Uh, ended up getting thousands and t- maybe even ten thousand. Uh, oh, so let, let's set this up here from our perspective. We're watching that. We had just settled down in the back area <laughs> and we were looking Crazy. for Sue's watch. And I remember I looked, it's like, oh, hey, this guy's streaming. So we were watching him before the shatter happens. And, right. and like it was me, Monty, Hex, Noah, Gil. We're just sitting there. And then, like, we're all, for whatever reason, we weren't looking at the moment of the shatter. And the audible sounds from all of us, we see the shows like, oh. And then it just kept rolling. Like, we were monitoring things like Pro Talk. ProTalk was losing its mind. Reddit <laughs> was losing its mind. Every, it just—it was basically a half hour of everyone just repeatedly looking at yeah. that Earth Shatter and looking at the reactions to uh, that Earth Shatter. So easily one of the most entertaining Earth Shatters Overwatch has seen probably ever. Or, or even traps, <laughs> you know, traps and and detonations too. Mm-hmm. And what people are wondering, like, what are you guys talking about? Well. Energy ended up playing. I forget what the name of the team was, but it was basically a gold Genji and platinum. Or something. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, yeah, it, it was a team full yeah. of gold and platinum players, and one in particular, TLMO. Uh, there was a clips that that ended up becoming you know pretty viral. But he ended Bucky up on. Shatter. Yeah, he ended up on the ball. Yeah, exactly. being used too much now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm exactly. not ever using that phrase on a camera. No, at least not anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it almost looked like that shatter shouldn't be locked. But anyways, what ended up happening is he ended up shattering like almost the entire energy team, and then they ended up wiping the team at that point, except for one. one I think one player ended up getting away there, and apparently there was like a bet going on too. Like if they could shatter the entire team and wipe the team they would get 500 bucks or something like that so there was like these other things going on at the same time just obviously nobody thought they would end up doing that um but because that ended up happening obviously it 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 ended up becoming crazy and then there was another play with him where he ended up throwing out a trap right in front of the the point door and they and having you know obviously the 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 mine there too and then he, he ended up trapping and blowing them up and then obviously a lot of laughing going on there so uh, pretty crazy things, obviously, at the expense of energy there. And on top of that, energy didn't qualify. So, man, when it rains, it pours on energy, man. And at this point, it's like, Which you, you know, what do you though? say? I mean, energy's been like, energy's like, what do you say? Five different it's, people on that roster. I know. Like, who's but, even energy at this point? Like, yeah. And then the, the, I think there's one person <laughs> on the energy roster who's been on the energy roster beforehand. Like, I don't know. It's interesting to me that people talk about energy, and I'm like, but it's not. They're totally different guys now. It's not the same team that energy was. It's still the brand. I mean, whatever, right? It's still the brand, the team. You know, it's the same company. Is is it still Siegel's team? (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Well, I don't. I don't know. It's that's probably debatable or not. But um, but the big thing is that you know. I guess folks didn't have the expectations that they would make it in. I don't know. You guys obviously clearly didn't have any expectations. Well, I mean, honestly, when I was looking at day two and it saw them against Envision and knowing how well Envision's been playing, yeah, I, I think everyone I think looking at that, people weren't really expecting NRG to win. And I think that's just a testament to how poorly NRG has played 
since their return. I mean, start with the monthly melee they came back in where they had a horrific group stage. It did not go well for them. And just everything since then, they're ha- they haven't given anyone even a sliver of hope to look at here. It's like, okay, there's a big run that they're doing now. And all right, we can feel good about this. This is a building point. It's just been crushed hope after crushed hope. And I don't really know where you go forward here. It feels like it's, there's a lot more to fix than just one particular spawn. I, I don't know. It's energy has been very disappointing. They've changed too many players for me to have uh, a great deal of faith in them. It, it reminds me of like old complexity where every, yeah. every couple weeks they're changing new players or changing new tanks or changing new supports. There's no one on that energy roster. That's like really from the not enigma roster, which was like the, the first energy roster. So it, it's very difficult to have faith in them when they, when they barely play and then they have a, uh, middling results yeah well and, that, and that's the thing is they're different than other teams like team liquid who have had um disappointing results for their fans here and there in that liquid they just they always make it in you know they're, they're just always there and they're they you know they go against a big team and you're like they're probably not gonna win but you know who knows they actually could win this one match against this good team well the thing about liquid is that it's rare even like liquid has has the superpower of making most of their games close, even if they lose <laughs> yeah. them. It's not a great superpower, it but so much. The, the it point is so that much. Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time you watch Liquid, you never look at a Liquid game and go, wow, they just got completely crushed. Yeah. And Liquid does have tournaments and maps where they do very well, and they do get top four. The problem with NRG over the last few months is that NRG has just gotten demolished in every tournament they've yeah. been in. There's nothing you can hang your hat on and be like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Like, I feel good about this. Like, it's just pain and suffering as far as the eye can see. It, I'd be remiss if, uh, for Philly's Discord, if I didn't mention how good of a pickup Shatter was for that liquid Yes. Team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing with NRG for me at this point is that it, it's one of... It, it's going to take like 10 decent results or good results for them to even get out of the hole that they're in at this point. You know, they're, they're kind of the joke right now. And, and I almost feel like they need to reset. They almost need to start over. Even those players. I mean, I think the players need to just like reset, go to a different team, get, get a new start. Add a new coach. We'll see. We'll see if that comes. I guess. If, it's, if it, it's, it's, it bears fruit. It's, it's, basically, every player that has left energy has had more success off energy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a systemic problem. It's not. It's not the players, or the. It's mm-hmm. there's something at the root that we can't see, and I, having no real um, insight into that, there are some deep things that mm-hmm. have to change. And NRG, you know, they're they're a team that takes care of their players. I mean, it's it's no. There's no secret there. Oh, yeah. They have to pay their questions. Nope. They pay their players yes. very very well. They're, so. they're well taken. Yeah, care. yeah. <laughs> They Anyways, eat well. Like, <laughs> they eat well. <laughs> they sleep well. Steak they have, dinners like, every night. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Uh, so we'll hopefully we'll see some changes soon and uh, or some something change at least and you know have them at least get out of the doghouse because it seems like they're they're eternally there. Um, in terms so, of in, in terms of uh, like, like other events going on right now. Um, uh, so takeover two happened this last. Um, uh, actually at the same time as you guys which is like come on man can we like can we schedule some of these big events to be on different it's weekends it's why we're all in the same house right now we, uh, we came here today to watch VODs uh, the, the, having the show happen was just incidental actually we, we wanted to do prep for, for the takeover VODs yeah I mean because we wouldn't hang out normally I think is what he's trying to say no I, I dislike both of these guys immensely <laughs> and now you're just sandwiched between us which is all sorts of <laughs> sandwich. Uh, are we just gonna start oh, the heck sandwich? Yes, <laughs> you um, can't escape. There's no actually easy way of getting out. Of it. 
Yeah, so yeah, Takeover Two happened over, were... yeah, over at, at um, you know, takes place. So you know, over in Germany, and you know, I um, I wasn't able to catch everything. It was just too much Overwatch to watch this weekend. So, um, I, I what I did catch of it, it was a lot of fun. It was what we always see from Take. Uh, production was great. Even the I think the spectating was actually extremely good too. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, what we ended up seeing was no surprise. Rogue ended up winning. Um, I was thinking that E United would be, you know, would would give them a a, a real threat. And uh, they ended up finishing second too, so it wasn't like it was you know they were disappointing or, or whatnot. But overall, Rogue ended up beating U- United, I think, at least twice. Did they play three times, or did they only play? You twice? wanted to echo some of Monty's sentiments. <laughs> yes, I was going to say. So uh, effectively, Monty was the first to mention this as far as Rogue taking a takeover, and he is right. Is that basically Rogue got blasted in Korea? They did not cover themselves in glory in Korea. They, and if you're if you're yeah. giving the West a power level effectively, and you're looking at that here, it would have been a better omen for Western Overwatch if Rogue got blasted by E-United, Misfits, or one of the other yeah. EU teams there because it was more of an unknown quantity. The yeah. fact that Rogue was able to run what they have run forever and had troubles with in Korea and use that to bulldoze the competition takeover, that's not great. They and, changed and even, nothing yeah, and, and were never punished for it. <laughs> exactly. And even if... Even if Rogue underperformed, underperformed in Korea, um, which is a theory that's going around, um, they would have had to really overperform if the regions are that close to each other. My big thing, talking about regionality, though, because um, actually looking at the list, because not having seen all the VODs, like this actual the placements would have been pretty close to how I might have guessed. But the fact that Cloud9 made it so high in there due to their recent results in well korea and north america yeah. like they they have not been one of the top two or three teams necessarily in north america uh, maybe one of the definitely one of the top brands but um i'm curious to see now how they perform in the na side of things is that yeah. little litmus test for where na fits into this whole equation which is going to be very important well, there's two but. teams i want to look forward next weekend it's uh Mobistar riders mm-hmm. who uh just absolutely dumpster like some of the teams that they played against they dumpstered uh hammers yes. uh, it was like yeah. 4-0 every time they played and also like i, I want to see what nip actually does yeah. nip the big question about them is when the meta changes can they change with it no, we'll see. No, <laughs> Historically, the that's pretty much what the answer has been. Yeah. 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 That's, right. that's the actually most right. Team, so yeah. I would love it. I mean, I really personally love a lot of the guys at NIP. I mean, I've hung out with them a bunch at this point, but they are a stubborn team. I mean, for people who don't know, they go back to when they were known as SG One, and they actually were not a top team really when they were playing more yeah. meta stuff. And then they sort of carved out their identity in heavy tank play right about the time that the guy picked up by NIP, and it worked out really well for them. ZP doesn't want to tell you that he won v one and beat most of them at, at uh, in, in London. I was going for the all kill on NIP and one on ones until someone spilled beer on the router. And <laughs> I, I think it was Uber. Let's let's play Mitch. No, no, Mitch was uh, Mitch was behind us, laughing his ass off oh as that was gosh. happening. Uh, it was Mitch was not the culprit that speared beer on the router. Maybe it was a defeated NIP guy. I don't know. <laughs> Moral of the story, though, is uh, I really am excited to see more of the United as well, just because of how consistent they've been. And I mean, also having not really known the scene too yeah, much, yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. seeing them back to as far as Pit. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I just really want to um, find some of these big, talented teams in EU because, well, I mean, we're going to be watching a lot more of them here soon. Yeah. My big question is where, because with NA, I, I knew pretty well like what those 16 teams are going to look right, like with right. a little bit of variance. And 
I don't have any idea what like the bottom eight is going to look like. Um, yeah, yeah, nine through sixteen yeah. is going to be very difficult Free for us. Flow. We actually we have, we have phone calls set up with EU experts <laughs> after the show just to try to. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Figured Jason and Uber might be able to give <laughs> give the lowdown on that. Um, so one team that I I thought would do better, and I even said it last week I thought they would do better, is I thought Misfits would do better. And Misfits ended up disappointing. You know, they ended up finishing in the bottom of Group B. And the first day was just, I don't know, they just played really poorly on the first day. And they redeemed themselves with, you know, one win at, on the second day. But that, by that time, they were already out. So it wasn't like it was meaningful or anything like that. Um, what's going on with Misfits? You know, we, we even saw a little bit of Twitter drama, too, with Reinforce and Alicus. And it alluded to, you know, like Reinforce saying that we would have done better maybe if we had a coach. And then Alicus obviously defending, you know, just uh, Misfits management because, you know, he's obviously very close friends with those guys and alluded to Misfits being a very player-run team, you know, and that's an issue right now. So, so because... Because yeah. I don't have complete information, I'm going to stay away from too much speculation on what is going on internally there. I will say objectively from the outside in, it's pretty clear that Misfits is not living up to the sum of its parts. Like right now, they are less than some of their parts. There's a lot of talent on that team, and they are objectively underperforming right now. Whatever demons they have to slay internally to fix that, who knows? In the same vein that I, I don't know the internal workings or whatever, I, I feel it would be difficult to come in as a coach or a manager because you're coming into like the 96 Chicago Bulls, right? It's like there, there's a, there's <laughs> a, a little, in the that's a little right? bit yeah, of exaggeration yeah, exactly. there. Like, well, to, to, to Vic is an amazing player. I don't know how he takes coaching or whatever. I, th I think he's a good guy. Then he you know, reinforces well. I, I don't know how well they would take coaching. They're a team of people who are very talented at the game that I think coming in to coach that team you have to have a high level of respect already at the scene so that they would even listen to you. Yeah, no, it, it, it's uh, it really, cause yeah, once again, not having much insider information or exposure to that. Um, it, it really is a reflection of something that's happening in the scene in general. And that has happened in other um, esports yeah. scenes and it's still happening in just about every esports scene is this translation from really good at a video game to a team that is um, systemically, growing towards uh, perfection in a video game. So, you, right, you know, early on in any scene, you basically just have players that are really good right. and they are going to, you know, rise to the top. And they're probably getting more stardom than they ever thought that they would, you know, in, in their basements and stuff. Um, and then suddenly they're pushed to the forefront and they think they are hot shit, okay? And having worked with, over the last five years, a lot of pro video gamers, they think they's hot shit. You think you're hot shit? No. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, no. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and and but you, you do have to kind of have that humility to 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 have someone that probably isn't as high of rank of you as you in a game right. to come in and to tell you what you need to do as a player and and how you need to fit into a team when all you've ever been told by your fans by the community is you're awesome. I love you. You're amazing. Yeah. yeah um, it it is a systemic issue with the the entire scene that that we're seeing. And even Immortals having bring on, bringing on some new coaching, we're seeing more teams and organizations latch onto that. So I'll speak in general here, not specific to Misfits or anything like that, but just Western scene in general is that among many Western players, not all, but there is a sort of presiding sentiment of, well, we don't really need a coach because we know more about the game than this guy is going to be bringing in. Like, what is he actually doing? And Bobby Corner. Yeah, it, well, exactly. It's led to the position that a lot of your coaches and the Western team right now if you actually go into the back, listen to their comments, et cetera, 
they're not acting as coaches. They're acting as, all right, I'm recording VODs in the back and here are a few suggestions. That is objectively not what a coach should be. Your coach should be a lot more hands-on directing things and probably most importantly, have power over the players. Mm -hmm. I don't think you have that many empowered coaches in the scene right now that can go, hey, what you did in this game was completely off plan and terrible. You should activate Dragon Blade and spawn and dance around for 18 seconds, throw yourself on the map. Therefore, the next tournament, you're actually benched. We're going to be going with this what? because that's we can't silly. have No one would ever have to yeah, Dragon Blade and spawn. I, no, that's never happened in Overwatch. Never happened. All right. Um, well, yeah, I think that that wraps up TakeOver 2. I mean, again, another successful event for a take and, you know, Dennis and all those guys do an excellent job. So TakeOver 3, I'm sure, is going to be coming up. And, uh, oh, yeah. Fly it? me out. By the way, just yeah. unabashedly, fly me out to TakeOver 3, please. I would love to go there. <laughs> well, I, I, I just have one thing to say. No, no. If you're going to do this, Hex, leverage what you're good at. They had a lot of product placement there. They're not good at anything. That's true. Remember, you can plug job. all the sponsors, man. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, this, uh, need for seats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seats. Uh, for, right. Yeah, please. Okay, you're fired. Your you're totally fired. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have two more things before you leave take, uh, take over. Is first of all, they were getting pretty comfortable on that couch. Arguably Dude, too comfortable. Jason's legs were distracting me the entire time. I'm just like. And bring shorts if you get to go there. Bring shorts. I, I will say that from the contenders oh, at Control Center, the very first thing we did was mock Jason for wearing shorts. Yeah, <laughs> and then it got worse because Brent was wearing oh, shorts man. on day two. So I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm never going to wear shorts on the broadcast. People do not need to see my legs. I value my viewers having eyesight. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see that. So. Yeah. Oh, Brent and Sideshow were good too, I have to, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, they did oh, a good amazing. job. Yeah. 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 Great job. I, I like them. I really liked the casting. Yeah, I like mm -hmm. all those casters. Well, the, the casting was very well received and it should have been. They, they were yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh okay, well, before we move on to some news segments, I do want to remind everybody that the overview is available on iTunes as well as Google Play, Google Podcast, and SoundCloud. So if you want to listen to us on the way to work or when you're working out or whatever you're doing on with your iPad or your iPhones, uh go ahead and look us up, the overview, or you can look up Overwatch and you can find us. Um one thing that does help us if you do want to help help the show out is to leave a nice five star review if you if you like it. So a um, few people have done that in the past. Whoop. I have I have done that. You've done it's, it? a, it's it's a good enough show that I get Oh, love, thanks. Yeah. Love guy thanks Bill. Love guy I, I, I even remember giving you a shout out. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, check that out, guys. And uh, again, it helps us out uh, like a great deal. And it only takes like a minute or two to do it. Okay, news. We've got a couple things. We actually talked covered a couple of those things, so I kind of took them off of here. But uh, one big thing is Internet Hulk, which he was on here, you know, what, two or three weeks ago, talking about coaching Rogue. Well, uh, he's moved on to a different team now. He's going to be coaching Team Liquid now, which is... Uh, <laughs> what, what, what's, what's that laugh all about? Um, no, no, no. It's, it, the, the meme is becoming true. There's a meme picture of like Hulk with all the different esports logos on his face. <laughs> it's like, technically, for like five seconds, he was affiliated with Laser Kittens, yeah. then Rogue. That's true. Now That's three. three teams. I, at this point, I'm not convinced that Dennis isn't just like actually secretly just assembling all the information for all teams so he could be a secret shadowy overwatch information broker <laughs> oh my gosh well man those shadowy sports brokers make a ton of money you know from <laughs> what i've heard and seen but um no but this this seems like a better fit for hulk uh you know i know one of the things with rogue that he mentioned or you know just in talking with him is that you know the language barrier actually was a huge issue for them 
and or at least for him and with the team. So um, I think he wasn't quite. I didn't. I don't think he got a chance to do exactly what he was wanting to do, or maybe the the just the work with him wasn't as efficient as it could have been. And you know, with Team Liquid, obviously, there's not going to be that kind of um, you know that kind of hurdle with him. And like we were talking before, Team Liquid seems to have the potential to be to to have some break, some huge wins, or maybe even some huge uh, performances. And we see it from time to time, but it's just never consistent. I think adding him could help with that quite a bit. I'm on a wait-and-see idea with this. I think that Hulk is an intelligent man. He understands Overwatch. He's been playing since, like, close beta one. I thought they were getting a lot better under their previous coach, and then they fired him and hired Aaron Hawk. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to wait and see. But uh, Liquid was struggling for a while. They hired a new coach. They got better and better for, like, about two months, and now they just fired that coach. We'll wait and see. I don't know. I mean, it's liquid, so my heart's broken already. Yeah, and I don't think this is happening, uh, what I'm about to say. Because having listened to Internet Hulk and, you know, obviously seeing some of his results, but hearing his vision that he really does have lofty goals when it comes to coaching, mm-hmm. um, I don't think this is happening. But it, it brings up the question of, like, um, orga- what organizations are looking for in a coach? Um, because right now, you know, you're, you're seeing organizations balance branding with actual quality coaching with finding a coach that your team's going to respect. There's all these factors. And so it's I'm, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how he interacts with them because I think that he brings all of those aspects. He is one of the few people that players would listen to, though. Yeah, I guess because yeah. it's Internet Hall. He, he's had results. He's had victories. So I think that's a good aspect for him. I want to be bullish on Dennis showing Team Liquid here because aside from that, Dennis is a great guy. It's also the part where when you look back to the last time he was on here, he's very driven. He wants mm-hmm. to be yes. in Overwatch League, period. So it, to have your coach have a high-level drive is pretty important if you want to take the grand prize. He is also a veteran leader. No one's going to look at him and go, gee, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, Hulk was able to put together one of the longest, most successful teams in Overwatch in the core of Envy. So for Hulk, we'll see how it works out. It will, in making Team Liquid the best they can be, I have all the high hopes in the world, but it's, we'll have to see. I mean, even if you have a great coach and a great team, as you see from other traditional sports, it's not always the best fit. So I would say I hope Team Liquid does well. We'll see where they go for it. Yeah. But I have a lot of respect for the Liquid Core now, and I have a lot of respect for him at Hulk. Yep. I, I was surprised to see him hired because I, I, I was surprised that they fired their forward coach, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I, I thought they had gone up and they'd, they'd achieved a better level than they had before in the last two months. So it's, it's mm. interesting. We'll see how it goes. But I respect Dennis a lot. Okay, uh, next bit of news we have is something ZP you wanted to talk about, which was uh, Thorne <laughs> recently made a video, uh, maybe I think late last week, that was focused on TSM, a little bit of backstory just with some of the player transactions that have happened in the past. And uh, ZP, yeah, like why don't you lead us into this? So basically Thorne's video goes into the TSM saga. So this is something that a lot of people in the scene knew what was going on behind the scenes, but it wasn't really public, which was that TSM being this revolving door where they signed three people and then they just sort of disappeared for a while. You had a lot of really good players tied up by TSM, but in the shadows where they weren't participating in tournaments, they uh, really just had this really convoluted player situation. And it, it's a thing where it's very complicated, but if you go to Thorne's video, it goes in depth as to what happened. And it's sort of a good insight as to sort of the good and bad and 
forms of esports here. And more than anything else, too, is that there are good players on TSM that are sort of out of the scene for ages. This is an explanation as to where they went and why they weren't in tournaments for four or five months. Because, of course, the, the sort of light version is that you had a lot of the Kangarna players on TSM, and that team was split. And it was this gigantic saga. So I'm not going to repeat the entire video, but I do. Wait, you're not going to do that 30 minute video, minute video. No, no, I mean, I could just go full auctioneer <laughs> as quick as possible, but I, it is an interesting thing to check out. I feel. I, I mean, I, I watched it today. Like, I was watching it. I'm like, I just, I just don't care anymore. Like, even prior yeah. to that, it, yeah. it's very obvious that TSM, whoever's one, running the TSM Overwatch team, has no idea about Overwatch because they, they decided to see him earlier, that they let him go. They decided to see him, they let him go. So I just, I, I can't bring myself to care anymore yeah. about the, the TSM Overwatch division until whoever's involved uh, becomes more involved because they're not right now. Yeah, I, I actually started watching it um, while I was preparing for Contenders, and then uh, some fire happened, um, the metaphorical fire that I had put out, so I stopped <laughs> the video, so I wasn't able to actually finish it. Um, but and something that I know from, you know, just like Thorin, a value that he has um, is, and I don't know if this directly applies to this situation, but is that orgs and everyone involved in esports has to make sure that you have high standards and that you're upholding yourself and others to high standards. Um, because there are still a lot of remnants, and I don't, I'm not saying that this is TSM because they have a very prolific organization, but something that Thorin always wants to bring to the forefront is if, if an organization or a person um, is putting other people by the wayside, especially because of the low standards or you know any kind of issues like that, and um, I think it's something that it's just good to be mindful of no matter what. They've already done themselves poorly by dipping them toes into the Overwatch scene and not really knowing it. So right now, if TSM were to sign a team tomorrow, it would be somewhat of a people would laugh at it. People people would make jokes of it. People would meme about it. Pro talk would go nuts. Is what I'm saying. If TS because TSM has already made uh, questionable decisions. I think if there's a lesson involved in all this too is that if you're a, a big name or getting the Overwatch, which CSM certainly was, is that it's important that you seek out proper consultation and find the expertise needed to help you build this team. Because I think there's a good parallel here where TSM was stuck trying to build half a team for ages and it took they really weren't able to do it well. Then you meanwhile you look at an organization like FaZe that literally cuts half their team, replaces half their team in the period of a week, and then does really well. So uh, there's something to be said for just if you're going into a new game, make sure you get someone endemic to the game that, are, if not running it, at least in a strong advisory capacity to help you build. Because what anything else in the TSM situation, you have a lot of people that were fans of the org from other games and right. wanted to be fans of it. And it's been a disappointment with how they've produced so far. Because no matter what, at the end of this, like trust has been broken in different people and organizations. And um, that's really important in a in a new esport to have. I mean, we, we were just talking about coaches, like having trust in your coach. Um, and there's already a lack of tr enough trust um, that you need to be able to have that high standard of it. It just takes one buyout by TSM <laughs> to actually end up getting a great team that people love and they'll recover from it. But TSM is one of the biggest esport brands, or at least endemic esport brands. They're, they're not going anywhere. They'll They'll be in Overwatch. There's no question. Ah, Crip, Crip is totally going to be my main tank. <laughs> Crip. Crip, Crip and Trump team. Crip and I Trump for, team. <laughs> I, I go for Crip for my Dude, counter. Trump, Trump's on Tempo Storm now. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Uh, 
he is somewhat branded with me, but no, uh, <laughs> I go for crit for my counterbalance tank, where you have XQC, who is probably the most emotional tank in Overwatch. Yeah. Well, after watching a few hours of XQC, now I just gotta chill out a bit with the crit. Crypt doesn't have feelings, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, let's do some Q&A. We, uh, again, we don't have any emails this week. So if you've got any questions and if you guys can bring up chat too, uh, Gil, if you can, um, go ahead and type out any questions you got. We'll answer, I don't know, maybe three or four of them. Got some time this week. We cruised through those topics this week. Good stuff, man. We've been talking about like making these these episodes shorter, and like we've never been able to do it. But this week is mission accomplished. It must be Ben. It must be Ben bringing us slowing us down. I would say there's definitely a unique benefit to just having three people in the same room. I mean, yeah. look, we've had to work on a desk desk with each other now for about a month and a half, soon to be like two months and a half by the time it's all said and done. So, I mean, at the very least, there is some chemistry getting through stuff pretty quickly. Here. So people are asking about Apex. Uh, so we're going to hold off on Apex. We're going to, because Apex is like literally every single week and it always happens right before the show. I figured we would kind of clump things. We'd maybe do it every other week and uh, at least until the playoffs. So, um, oh, the playoffs got announced today. Oh, no wonder everybody's talking about it. Okay, we'll definitely, let me see if I can bring it up. If it's, what could I announce today? Uh, the... Is the Apex playoffs get announced today? No way, right? They're not done, are they? Oh, actually, they might be. Quarterfinals. Yeah, they are. Quarterfinals, yeah, because they, they played their third games like this past week. Okay, so, all right, if we're going to talk about quarterfinals, this is uh, how it's laying out. So we've got Group A, which is Envious versus X6, and then Africa Blue versus Metathena. Wow, that's going to be good stuff right there. Uh, group B is LW Blue versus Conbox, and then Lunatic High versus Kung Du Panthera. Some Kitty Pete. Crazy. Right. <laughs> Very crazy first round. Yeah. Yeah, that last one particularly. Whew. Right. right. Yes. Uh looking forward to that one. Lunatic High versus Kundu Panthera, I think could be man, I mean, I just could be the best match of the entire playoffs. Um, I will call I will call the upset of KDP just because if, if I'm wrong, no one will care. And if I'm right, I look like a <laughs> right. Safe bet there. Safe bet there. Yeah. Remember, what that means is that if Hex is wrong, you need to just Twitch clip this, go to Reddit. Just <laughs> don't let this man succeed with his devious plan. Yeah. Always take chances on your predictions. So, uh, NBS versus X6, I think, is a little interesting, too. And X6 is a lot of people's dark horse. Mm. So, um, you know, NBS, I think, gets to prove if they're, they are one of the contenders here, which I, I believe they are. So if they can take care of X6 pretty easily, then you know it's going to be pretty hard not to choose NBS in the finals here. Um, Africa Blue... Versus Metathena, that's a good one. I feel like Metathena's, I don't know. I feel like they're they're on the way down a bit, where Africa Blue's on the so way metal. up, and so <laughs> they're they're in, in different directions. We'll so see how that that ends up turning out. Okay, man. On the previous, are you saying that Envious could have an effect on the tournament? <laughs> oh, I've been trying my best not to do. You know how many weeks I've tried not to pull that joke out and. <laughs> Well, I've effectively blown things up. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, so that's going to be starting this next week, I believe. Can't wait to see that. And, of course, we'll be definitely covering Apex in, in detail next week. Um, let's see. Any other... Any well, others? actually, I'd like to know what Fishix has to say about that. Fishix, yeah, Fishix what do you think, buddy? Today. Where's Ben? ben? <laughs> He's, you're going to be hearing hula, hula music in a second here. Yeah. No, no, that's, 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 the, that's the nice part. He is actually fighting a shark. <laughs> fighting a shark, yeah. Overwatchly confirmed through V3. What? That's not, that's not right, right? 
Um, somebody's Probably putting not. that in the chat. There's no way. There's no way. Oh, that's sure. Which chat? By the way, the, the new three v three is amazing. Oh, Chainman well done, devs. The new three v three game mode is awesome. I I agree. I, we were talking about it's last amazingly week. Amazingly good. Yeah. yeah. Do I need to have a special? Yeah, uh, just go to my channel, Chainman V. Twitch.tv. Oh, the Twitch chat. I feel yeah. silly. Left guy doesn't know about Twitch chat. Uh, <laughs> no, not the know, Discord chat. Somebody closer chat. to the keyboard. Uh, yeah. No, the three v three. I've been having a lot of. Fun. I've been having a lot of fun playing that. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Even Flame likes a three v three. Oh how you know man, yeah, that's yeah. how you know. He yeah. tolerates. That's, he tolerate <laughs> that's the metric. Strong word next. Uh, okay, well, maybe one or two more questions, guys. Ask away, and then we'll we'll call it a day. Well, in the interim, um, I, I don't even know this about you. What What is your main? What, what is, is my main? main? Oh, we don't know. We don't know much about me. Well, uh, I'm a May main. No, I I, uh, I, I play. <laughs> I, 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 I do respect, man. I no. give you respect if you're a May main. No, I uh, explosive. Yeah, I wish I was. This was my first exposure to Twitch chat. No, um, I love Twitch chat. There's a lot of memes. <laughs> no, anyway, I uh, Farah would probably be my main. I ended up playing a lot of Roadhog just because. I feel like I can solo carry yeah. from that role in my. Not anymore, yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> no, then I've been playing a lot of Tracer, but Farrah Tracer probably. Yeah. McCree. Actually, because like, I uh, I played okay at Counter Strike, and I just would run around with the Deagle all day. So McCree, I, when I when I like play a couple days as him, right. I'll get up to like a good level where I can play him. But ZP hates Junkrat so much. Like, it's pretty like, like, no, like I, I a play visceral, a lot of Junkrat. like a yeah. visceral Junkrat. We were sitting in uh, our Airbnb in Denver, and I'm just messing around with like Quick Player or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I was gonna play a little Junkrat because it's like King's real first defense, and he was playing a little Junkrat, and he like had to walk out of the room. Could not watch me play even so, Quick Play Junkrat. <laughs> so Hex is covering for me a little bit here. It's true, I had to walk out of the room, but I returned with a baseball bat. Yeah, and I had the purge evil from his PC. Yeah, it was that. That's yeah. that's where my case got broken. It wasn't for me. It, it wasn't for <laughs> at all. Well, junk rat, uh, man. That you must be happy about where the meta is here. Junk rat. Oh, it's no, so fun. It's I have, fun. No, idea fun. <laughs> I have no, oh, no idea where he's going to be. No idea. Junk rat doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's, just not. It's going to take a God lot. intended it. Like not even in like. <laughs> Jeez, man, that's brutal. He's the next guy that's going to get a, a mini redesign, in my opinion. He's. I'm not sure how you're going to get him in right now. Uh, okay, I just so, hope the redesign. We'll I hope the redesign is not being able to click him in the character select, like just you know, a broken down. <laughs> okay, yeah, so interesting, we, interesting got... chat. I am a bronze level player for sure. Just uh, peaked in plat, but bronze level quality. I just made mercy to plat. So yeah, we're masters <laughs> in my heart though. <laughs> Those top five hundred mercy. Left guy plays mercy. mercy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so mercy. there's a question about what do you guys? Let's see. I miss. Oh man, just keep scrolling on me. Uh, how do you, oh thoughts on how hammers will do once they move to NA? Well, we'll see. That's a big question. Yeah. No. Nope. Um, my gut instinct is that they're gonna have they they are going to have to change um, some yeah. things up. I, I think that um, that there are there are some issues whether that be getting some new players or just modifying their play style. Right now, with the little that we've seen, I've seen of them anyway. Um, the Hollywood hammers are gonna have to. Um, go through some hammering on the forge to really. In, in my opinion, it's very similar to perhaps even Ninjas and Pajamas or uh, Old Complexity, where their best player is a Roadhog. So, how are you going to play around their best player being a Roadhog? Because Snizzle Lewis, I think, is their best player. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to rely on the Roadhog centric yeah. teams in general post patch to see how teams 
really go around that. Again, it's, it feels like team-centric Roadhogs will fare much better than the Roadhogs are known for right. just forging their own path. All right. Okay, guys. Well, I think that's going to be it for questions this week. Again, if you guys want us to, or you have a question for us and you want us to read it out next week, go ahead and email that to theoverview at chainmanv.tv. And emails always get highest priority. So you, you guys will definitely make it on the show, unless it is just some you know ridiculous troll type of question. But why don't we wrap up, do some shout outs? Uh, we'll start with the left guy. Oh, well, the left guy first. Uh, so we'll start with you, Gil. You want to do any shout-outs? Exactly. Right guy being left guy. Yeah. Exactly. It's your first time on the show, too, so it's like a real pleasure having you yeah, on this it's been really fun, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I, I'm i mostly available, so we'll see y'all. <laughs> Ladies, uh, check his Twitter. Mercy <laughs> made, by the way. Mercy, Mercy made. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I, I actually learned some things about Mercy by watching this recent event. Like, Well, actually, because watching uh, Nuki... Uh, who's in chat? I yep. saw did some of the observing over there for Take TV. We saw a lot more of the supports, which I really liked. Yep, and I, I watched, true. and I know I, now I know how bad I am at Mercy. So um, because of how amazing they were, but I do want to I, I want to shout out some people that really because like I'm I'm up there on stage for for um, contenders, but the real people that are carrying the team. Um, Jacob's our production guy, uh, Voitech and his admin team of mm. of they are just total badasses. Insanely good. Um, Yulong, he is well. He does a lot. I mean, he's basically responsible for everything. He's um, the quiet storm. He's the quiet storm. And then Karina, who was the person who really worked at getting all of the assets and um, visuals uh, looking good. They are the ones that truly carry the uh, contenders team. So, And there's a whole lot of other people. I wish I could just like outline everyone that's involved, but um, the production definitely makes us look real good. So. I, I would echo the same sentiment. We literally have the easiest job in the room when, when we're doing stuff at Carbon. Those guys are amazing, and they, they make us look good, so I appreciate it. You know, one thing would be nice with, with productions, I have to say, you know, when at the end of events and stuff, would have... You know, nobody ever does the credits. Like, there should actually, there should really be credits for yeah. people's names and things like that. We 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 want to do that. So the problem is getting uh, an asset that that is approved for that. So. You know, if we do the credits, though, can we just get a cheesy like '60s TV era like closing <laughs> like credits song? And this is exactly why people don't do it. And then are, they, you know, finally do too end, much with it. And then finally, at the end, just you know, add a few sponsors there, so it's really old times. Like, and special thanks to Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> Absolutely, that's truly really okay. helped us. There are there were real shout outs. Yeah. Not, not that they're related at all to what right. we're doing, but hey, you know. Maybe one day they'll, they'll sponsor the overview. Hex, yeah. uh, you want to do some shout outs? Where can people find you? Uh, I, I, Twitter is at Hexagrams. That's, yeah, that's about it. I barely tweet. I'm, I'm awful at it. What? Yeah, this I'm is the guy that does the plugs and he can't plug himself? What? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm out of practice for my sellouts. I also I love for CP. This is, this is Tempo ZP on uh, uh, Twitter. He's amazing. You should definitely follow him. Yeah, okay, so we're going to do that. Like, this, is, yeah. this is Hexagrams. He's at Hexagrams. He has a great Twitter picture. He's the guy you should absolutely follow if you want to be sold out to. None of that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I have met Gil Frost on Twitter. Yeah, it's Gil Frost. Yeah. I do tweet sometimes. I'm trying to because yeah. I'm not very good at it either. But we, we get told None to of us are, man. It's... <laughs> Well, I love wrap, hearing from people, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll wrap things up, guys. Thanks for doing the show, the three of you guys. And uh, thanks for everybody f for watching. You can check out the VODs if you missed any of the show earlier on uh, youtube.com slash or any of the previous episodes you can find there. You can also listen to us again on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And that's going to be available. At least this episode will be available a little bit later tonight. But uh, follow the show's Twitter at TheOverviewGG. You can follow me at, at ChamMV. And that's going to be it. 
So for ZP, Hex, Gil, Frost, and myself, Champion B, we'll see you next time. Later. Follow fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs>